Warning! The following stories are based on actual historical events. It should be noted, however, the women telling these stories are completely stoned. Viewer discretion advised. Okay, we are recording. Okay, whatever. I just want to make sure my throat is as clear as possible. Yeah, sure. Oh my gosh, how did that happen? (laughs) Okay. Ready? Yep. Are you? No, hold on. Uh, I could see hear that building. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. It hit yes. me. Out of nowhere. <laughs> Whew. I feel much better. Excuse me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's going to be fun. Yep. <laughs> Listen back to you. Oh, yucky. <laughs> okay. Oh All right, ready to get started for real? Yes. <laughs> hey, guys. I'm April. And I'm Madison. And this is, is High Herstory. Okay. So, today we're talking about shipwrecks. Mm-hmm. And I started my google search with pirates it's not where i ended up as we discovered earlier today when we talked about this anyway (laughs) the story that i chose was well i guess the shipwreck that i chose to talk about was the sinking of the andrea doria oh okay yeah so Pretty sure I saw that on my hours of searching that I did. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you remember it? No. Okay. I looked at so many. Okay, good. So, I'm just going to start by describing the Andrea Doria for you to okay. kind of like paint you this picture. So, it was 697 feet long. So, to put that in perspective for you, a football field is 360 feet. Ooh, that's very large. Yeah, so it's like two and plus football fields. Like, big old ship. So it it was massive-ish. Yeah. So it was not described as being the fastest. Well, clearly. <laughs> um, but it was called the most beautiful. So... This ship had, like, decks, and there were three outdoor swimming pools. Oh, my gosh. And it was... What year was this? 1956. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. And it was called, like, a floating art gallery because of all of the paintings and tapestries and murals. And then they had a bronze statue of the namesake of the boat. The Andrea Doria. Oh my goodness. So, I mean, like, they went all out. They, yeah. like, spared no expense. Gosh. They wanted it to be, like, a luxurious ride. Clearly. So, it was also kind of 
ahead of the times a little bit. Like, it had some technology that was, you know, fresh and new. So it had two radar screens, you know, to kind of, like, track and Mm -hmm. see if there was anything in front of them. And the hull of the boat had 11 watertight compartments. So, you know, they could put things in there, Mm -hmm. you know. So, you know, it was this nice, luxurious ride. It was a beautiful ship. So, by the time that... So, in its life... The ship's life? Yes. It had a hundred successful transatlantic journeys. Dang. Like... It kicked butt. It's like, hey, we're here and we get the job done. Here comes trip 101. No. Man. Sounds ominous. (laughs) Yes. So, I'm going to start by painting, uh, setting the scene. Okay. Okay. So, we have the Italian... Mariner, a war veteran of not one, but two wars. World Wars, one and two. He was a war vet. Yeah. And so he was very respected. And his name was Piero Calamai. Calamai is how I've been saying it. Mm -hmm. Sounds good to me. Okay. Um, but yeah, he was, he was captain of the Andrea Doria, and he was, you know, doing his thing. Mm-hmm. So, on July 17th, 1956, the Andrea Doria left port from Italy and set sail. And it was destination New York. Okay. They were going to New York City. Bright lights, big <laughs> I know, I thought the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, they were going, um, they were on their journey. Woo! Um, they made three stops at ports in the Mediterranean um, before they were heading into open water for New York. And that was going to be a nine-day journey. So, you know, they wanted to make sure that they had everything that they needed. Mm-hmm. So, the time, so, this trip, there were 572 crew members aboard, and then 1,134 passengers. Dang. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a decently sized yeah. ship. Um, so, that was a total of, like, 1,706 people. So, you know. Quite a bit. Yeah, and it was people from all walks of life. So there were, you know, immigrants from Italy. And there was actually um, a Hollywood actress, Ruth Roman, aboard. Mm. Yeah. Um, so they were making their trip in July 25th. So let's see. It's five and three, eight days later. Um, Andrea Doria entered the northeast coast. Of the United States. Okay, so it's like almost there. 
Yeah, which is a heavily trafficked area. And so that is something that's important to remember. Okay. Lots oh, of boats. Got it. Yes. And so, <clears throat> so that very same day, so Andrea Dory was making their way. Downtown walking. <laughs> yes. Faces passing homebound. Yes. They were making their way home. So they were just cruising along, you know, coming down the coast. And so that same day, the Swedish passenger liner Stockholm left New York, heading to their home port in Gothenburg. Sweden. Yes, because they're Swedish. Okay. Yes. Um, and so this ship, the, the Stockholm, was 524 feet long. So it was, you know... Slightly smaller. Um, 173 feet shorter. It's like half a football field. A little over half. Yeah. So, I mean, not like... Well, I guess in, in regards to boats, yeah, that's a pretty significant difference. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a sizable jump. Yeah, 173. Duh. Anyway, so the captain of Stockholm was third officer. Um, I don't know if he... Johan or Johan? Johan. I think it's Johan. Johan Ernst Karstens Johansson. 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 That's fun. Yeah, but he went by Karsten's, apparently. Um, Yeah. It's very nice of him. Yeah. So, he was the captain of the Stockholm. Okay. So, I know we're we're talking about the Android Doria, obviously. It's connected. I'm going to have some side pieces, too. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. So... Setting the scene. Yes. Love it's that. a heavily trafficked area for mariners. And it's very foggy. Okay. So, according to, you know, the rules of the water. <laughs> right. Rules of the waves. You... <laughs> You have to decrease your speed significantly. Okay. When it's foggy. Yeah, makes sense. Calamai was like, no. Calamai was like, no, I still want to make make it on time as we planned. So he decreased speed slightly. So, you know, he kind of followed the rules. <clears throat> shame, shame, shame. Yeah. So he, like, he really just wanted to still arrive in New York on schedule. I mean, like, I like a punctual man, but right. but not at the expense of my life. Yeah, like, we don't want to die here. Yeah. So by 10 p.m., by 10.30 p.m., I'm sorry, <clears throat> both ships were approaching each other from opposite directions off of the coast of Nantucket. So, you know, they were coming, like... Side by side. Right, okay. So, neither ship was obeying obeying maritime law. Of course. 
So Stockholm was sailing north of its eastbound route because it wanted to shave some time off too. Mm. So they were trying to just like, shoop, instead of, you know, having to take turns over or, you know. So, yeah. So they were both have lights. Um, yeah, but you have to remember, it was super foggy. Oh, yeah, 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 sorry. I forgot about the fog momentarily, my bad. Yeah, super foggy. And so, Stockholm was, you know, cruising along mm-hmm. around a route that was not approved. And, um, the Andrew Doria was chugging along a little faster than recommended. Ugh. Speeding a bit. Yeah. So, by 1045, 15 minutes later, the radar on the Andrea Doria picked up a little blip. And that blip was Stockholm, was that ship. And Karstens, the captain of the other ship, spotted the Andrea Doria a few minutes prior. So, I can't remember if he also had a radar, or, like, if he just had one, or or what the deal was. Okay. <clears throat> So, yeah. Ooh, cotton up. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, when they finally were like, oh, shit, that's another ship. Right. Ah! Um, both captains came to opposite conclusions about each other's locations. So, oh, they gosh. both fucked up. So, Stockholm plotted Andrea Doria on its left, and so they were going to try to pass port side to port side, port to port side, um, and the Andrea Doria plotted Stockholm on the right to pass starboard to starboard side. And so, apparently, that one, like the Andrea Doria route that they were doing, that was unconventional. Like, it's not... I guess it's not something. It's not like like they would, a way that they, they pass would, typically. They I would guess. normally do port side to port side. Yeah, <clears throat> but you know they just kind of they weren't able to determine anything because they were going a little too fast and it was foggy. Like dang. Yeah. I slow down when I'm driving in the fog. Yeah, I know it's terrifying. Yeah. So yeah. So yeep. Shit. You know. Damn. By 11.10 p.m., they still hadn't realized that they were going to collide. So that is 15, 25 minutes later. Okay. They're like, finally, one of the crew members aboard. 25 minutes later from the beginning? 25. from when they first saw each other? 25 minutes from when they first saw each other. Okay. Um, they were like, oh, shit, we're going to collide. And so one of the crew members on the Andrea Doria was, was yelling at the captain, she's coming right at us. <laughs> like, like, fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Sound the alarms. And so Calame ordered a hard left turn to try to outrun the other ship. And... Karstens tried to reverse his propellers to slow down. So he was trying to just like, right. You know, put it in reverse. Put it in reverse, Terry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's fucking what Karstens did. He's put it in reverse, 
Me too. I I love you know, it's June, so it's coming up. I know, it always <laughs> circles around in the fourth. Yes, July. and so I will always like you know me, I'm not big on social media, but I will go look at that video all the time. I should probably just save it to my phone. <laughs> so that I can just giggle about it whenever I want. <clears throat> anyway. So damn Carson's tried to, to back it up. It's that shaky water bottle. I know, it's because I dropped it too many times. <laughs> Butterfingers. Anyway, okay. damn, too late. Shoo, 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 shoo. Flashing lights. Mm-mm, suckers. Nope. <laughs> so. You the, fucked up A.A. Rom. Yes. So, the bow. Is it the bow or the bow? Bow. The bow. Okay. The bow of the Stockholm crashed into the starboard side of the Andrea Doria, penetrating 30 plus feet into the hole. Okay. I need It's like it hit it on the left side. Okay, but like is the left side like like if I'm the Andrea Doria. Mhm. Which side of you am I hitting? Okay. I'm this one. So you're the you are the Andrea yeah, Doria, and, and you are you're colliding. You're chugging to NYC. Yep. Okay. The Stockholm came out of here and got you in your so this side. Yes, it would be like you got hit in like T-boned. Yeah. So but at the top. Yeah. Hold on. I'm trying to... <laughs> I know I didn't mean to. Sorry. It's just like... Yeah, I was like... I can't think because you keep talking to me. Sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. I didn't know what I mean. Like, <laughs> I know. I could like, tell. I could tell. You were like... You were shaking. You were bursting at the seams. Yes. So, <laughs> so it's like you got hit on your... Um, I'm like, your front bumper on the driver's side. Okay. Is like what it would be. Okay. But imagine you're a big ass ship. Right. And it crashes 30 plus feet into your front. Uh, into your hole. So like, were there people there? Yes. Oh, no. Yeah. So, damn. So, as this happened... The passengers on the Andrea Doria felt this, like, massive fucking jolt, obviously. Yeah. And they heard, like, clanking metal. I don't understand how they didn't hear, like, screeching metal as it was fucking breaking. Yeah, you'd think it'd be scraping alongside it. Yeah, so on impact, the orchestra was thrown from the stage. Like, there was an orchestra performing on one of the decks, and they were thrown from the stage. And I guess they were performing some, like, Arrivederci Italy or something. So I was just like, dang, they were singing Arrivederci and they got thrown from the stage. Ouchies. Um, yeah. So, ah! Panic ensued. Mm-hmm. Um, so Stockholm was in no danger of sinking. Um... But the Andrea Doria obviously had critical damage. Right. And it was listing, so that is a 
boating term. And it just means how far you're tilting at an angle with no force. Mm-hmm. So the Andrea Doria was listing over 20 degrees. So it was tilted like pretty significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as a boat goes. So like really at risk to capsizing. Yeah. So um, it was listing over 20 degrees to the starboard side. So they they couldn't use the lifeboats on that side. Oh my gosh, yeah. They were they were not accessible. Yeah. So they had enough lifeboats for everybody and could not access them. Oh my gosh. I don't know. How horrifying. So they radioed for help. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> and so the sailors on the Stockholm actually started getting out and started rescuing passengers from the Andrea Doria. Um, and at 12.30 a.m., so they collided, um, you know, probably around, you know, like 11.15, 11.20-ish, and so, you know, it was you know, a little over an hour later, um, a small freighter boat, the Cape Anne, arrived, and then two American Navy ships followed them, but... Lifeboats were still scarce. And, you know, there were 1,700 people aboard that ship. Right. So, you know, they're still kind of panicking and everyone's overwhelmed. Um, So it was around 2 a.m. that a massive French ocean liner, the Isle de France, showed up. And I guess they had these huge floodlights. And so they turned them on and just, like, illuminated the whole area. And they began rescuing everybody with lifeboats. Because, you know, they were this huge, huge boat. Like, right. just massive. And so it was, you know, obviously so incredible that they were able to come and help. Right. Um, yeah, because they had enough lifeboats for everybody. Yeah. So, you know, it was was a huge relief. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, by 5.30 a.m., they had all passengers evacuated. All? Mm Mm-hmm. Nobody died? Not quite. Oh. Um, and then by 10 a.m., the Andrea Doria was completely underwater. So, just four and a half hours later. My gosh. Yeah. Um, 51 people died in the shipwreck, in the collision. Um, 46 from the Andrea Doria, and 5 from the Stockholm. So, it, unfortunately, yeah, you I mean, know. So, they... Gosh, everything that... Could go wrong, went wrong with that. Yeah, and so, like, they talked about um, an Italian immigrant mother um, named Maria Sergio. She had, it was her and her four kids, and they were killed on impact Uh. while they were sleeping. Um, 
Um, and then the passenger, a passenger, Walter Carlin, said that the entire exterior wall of his cabin was, like, completely sheared off. Like, just fucking gone. Missing. And he's like, and my wife had disappeared. Like, I was in, he was, like, facing another part of the cabin, like, doing something. And then all of a sudden the wall was gone and then his wife wasn't there anymore. Oh, my God. And she had been reading in bed. And then she was never found. Oh my gosh. Um, and then Linda Morgan, she was thrown from her room. She was like 20-somethings. Um, and she landed on the bow of the Stockholm. Did she survive? Yeah. Oh my gosh. All she had was a broken arm. Yeah. But she, like, after she fell, she, like, you know, came to... And she's like, where am I? Like, I was on the Andrea Doria. Where am I? She didn't have any recollection of being thrown? She, like, I think she, like, blacked out. Oh, my gosh. You know, that would be a majorly stressful, traumatic event. Holy shit. And, but her stepdad and stepsister didn't make it. But, like, she was thrown from the cabin. She just landed on that other ship somehow. Like, oh my god. Yeah. Um, and so it it took, the rescue took so many hours because debris from the shipwreck had trapped some of the passengers on the lower levels. So, you know, there was like knee-deep water that was rising, so they were having to fight through that. And, you know, obviously there were some fires. Mm. And so, you know, some of the, all the hallways were like smoky and, you know, so they were trying to, like, work their ways through these hallways the best that they could. Um, <clears throat> but imagine, and the boat's tilted. Right. So it's even harder. And to think about getting these people out and trying to rescue them. Dang, how yeah. exhausting. Oh, my gosh. Because, yeah, and so... Um, so the passengers that were you know, on deck were having to be very methodical in trying to, like, get down, like, to a point where they, you know, could hold on to themselves or, like, get to a lifeboat or something, you know? Mm -hmm. But they had to be really careful because if they didn't stop themselves in time, they would, like, roll off the boat. So they had to be, like, really careful because they had to like roll on their sides. Oh. Yeah. So I mean like, oh my god. Jeez. Yeah. Um <clears throat> So like all of this was going on. Calame was like all of this is going on. <laughs> <laughs> and so he had just like kind of resigned himself. He's like, "You know, I'm just going to go down with the ship." You know? I'm the ship's captain. And this is just... Bye. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. Um, and so... He was trying to do that, but his crew... Refused to leave without him. Wow. And so finally he did get off the ship. Because he did not want them... All to die. Yeah. yeah. So, 
I think that kind of speaks to the kind of person that he was. It makes me think that he was a good guy if they wanted to stay for him. Because, yeah. you know, some people, if they're not a good leader, yeah. I would just be like, peace. You want to yeah. stay on the ship? Bye. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so definitely a, a good dude. Yeah. Um, but this was the largest maritime rescue in history. Yeah. I mean, think about all the ships that were there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so it actually went to, it went through like a court trial. They were trying to determine who was at fault, basically. (laughs) And they never could. Yeah, I mean, they're both doing shit wrong. Yeah, they still don't have a ruling. And so they were just like, well, I mean, they do have a ruling. But the ruling was that neither of them were held responsible because they were both not following the law. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And because they couldn't determine which captain it was that misread and caused the shipwreck. Right. Because... They were both in the wrong. Yeah. So they're just like, okay, (laughs) you're not held responsible, I guess. Um, And so the Stockholm was eventually repaired. And the Andrea Doria lies 240 feet below on the floor of the Atlantic Ocean. Wow. Yeah. Um, and it is called the Mount Everest of, like, scuba diving. Just because... Because it's... It's... it's, And it's considered a hollow site. A hollowed site. So, because it's... It has really poor visibility. Mm. And because of where it is in relation to the coast and the way that the tides are there, I guess, there are, like, unpredictable currents... So, like, people trying to dive the shipwreck, some of them don't make it. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah, because, and that's why they call it, like, the Mount Everest of diving, because it's, like, very technically challenging to dive there. Oh, my gosh. And you have to, and you have to, you know, like, really, you know, really know what you're doing. And be strong. to, To safely dive there. Yeah. And so, um, over a dozen divers have perished there. Wow. Um, and so some of it is because they were rising to the surface too quickly because the tides, yep, because the tide lifted them up. So, yeah, they got the decompression sickness. And so what happens when that happens, um, I don't want to like mansplain, but I'm, I'm going to (laughs) explain So, for those people who do not know, <laughs> well, because I, I, you know, I want I get, to know. I gotcha. Okay. I gotcha. Anyway. Don't worry. So, um, so when you get the bends, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's called decompression sickness, and it's when nitrogen forms bubbles, um, in your body, and it can cause tissue and nerve damage. But if the bubbles get up to your brain, it can cause paralysis and death. 
So serious. Yeah. And so if the if the currents are unpredictable and they can hike you up when you're trying to go slowly. mm Mm-hmm. So dangerous. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of some of them were because of like faulty equipment, and some of them were just because the divers got trapped in debris. Oh wow. Or um got trapped in the maze of hallways and got. You know, like in like and like ran out of oxygen. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Yeah. So dang. Yeah, so like maybe don't go there, people. I know, but I mean it's so challenging, and that's why people still, you know, you, there are those thrill seekers that still want to take that risk. <sighs> not me. Yeah, but I just I could not believe the rescue effort that they mm-hmm. made for all of those people. That enough ships were there that were able to respond. Yeah. And and that even with the sheer number of people involved, because there was, you know, almost 600 people on the Stockholm and then 1,700. So, I mean, dang, that's a lot of people, 2,300 yeah. people. So, like, whew. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot, yeah. a lot of people. Is it 2,300 people? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you were right. Okay. It didn't. It it felt right, but then it didn't feel right. So I was like, mm, I had to double check that. Yeah. Oops. Pop my ankle. Um. But yeah. So that's the story of the sinking of the Andrea Doria. But I was just like, holy shit. That yeah. So many. It was like a real life series of unfortunate events. Shipwreck edition. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. But I was like, dang, boom, 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 boom. And then that, you know, the ruling was just inconclusive. Yeah, I was like, Bleh. Yeah. Know. <laughs> I know. So I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, that is so huge. Yeah. So. Yeah, my big scribble. Oh, yeah. I saw shipwrecks. I was only looking at the tops. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> do you have any? Oh, I really liked that. I um, what was his, um, what was the ship? Sorry, Andrea. Dora. Andrea Dora. Yes, you said it so many times, but every time you were about to say it, I'm like, I still don't know what it is. And Andrea Doria, just like being kind of like kind of huge and fancy just like reminds yeah. me of the titanic i know and being like like don't go all out on a boat or you're gonna end up at the bottom of the ocean but i mean it had made a hundred safe successful transatlantic yeah, journeys unlike the titanic that yeah and went the, down on numero uno yeah and this was just like a fucking freak accident yeah And, and that girl who landed on the other ship. That's insane. Yeah. Insane. But I was like, okay, this is the story that I'm going to tell. <laughs> as soon as I found it, I was like, this is the one. Yeah, see, that is so good. I really struggled to find a good story about shipwrecks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have nothing but faith in you, Madison. Uh, yeah, so my story is definitely more about a dude. Okay. But sh- ships are involved. There's lots of ships. Okay. I'm fine with that. Okay. 
<laughs> All right, so we're going to talk about Captain Samuel Bellamy, which I love his last name. It's just fun to say. <laughs> uh, so he was born in England in 1689. Okay. And he like kind of had a rough start to life. His mother died like two minutes after he was born, and he was the youngest of six children. Ooh. So his father had to raise all the children. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really talk about his relationship with his dad, but just that pretty much when he became an adult, he left. Hmm. Can't say I blame him. Say what you will. <laughs> uh, so he left and joined the military um, because he like... In, oh, in England. In England, yeah. The okay. Royal Navy. He joined the Royal Navy. Okay. Uh, and he knew he always wanted to sail, which is why he joined the, the Navy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he fought in several battles and was, like, pretty, pretty decent. But he just really, like, didn't like it. He was just like, I love, I love to sail, but this fighting shit ain't for me. Yeah. No thanks. I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. So he ditched. So then in 1715, he left the Navy. And so this time, he's like 27-ish. Mm-hmm. Not super young. But not super old. Like He was probably hot. That's what I'm saying. He's probably hot. Okay. I feel like he was. <laughs> okay. Just a gut feeling? Just a gut feeling. I trust you. Just a gut feeling. There were no pictures. I don't know uh, what yeah. he looks like, but I just feel it. Yeah. Anyways... Um, so anyways, he left the Navy and he joined, um, he sailed to Cape Cod to look for his relatives. It doesn't really mention what relatives. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he ever found them. <laughs> <laughs> but while he was in Cape Cod, he met a woman named Goody Hallett. Yes. What a name. Yes, her name was Goody. Oh, Goody. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Ew, that is so terrible. I I agree, okay? I agree. It pained me to write it down. And what happens to her is not great. What's her last name? Hallett. Hallett. Can we just call her Hallett? (laughs) No, we have to call her Goody. Ugh. Okay. So she was a married woman, but they had an affair. And, like, pretty much all, everything I read said that their affair really wasn't... Like, romantic? It was really just, like, they were, like, a friend with Ben's. Hmm. There was no love connection. It was just sex. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so he really didn't have any ties to Cape Cod. Uh, he heard about this guy. I don't remember. His name was Richard. He heard about this rich dude named Richard. <laughs> that was fitting. <laughs> who was, like, putting together this boat to sail to the coast of Florida. Um, and that they were going to the coast of Florida because the year before, and this is in 1716, apologies. So, well, no, it was in 1715. 1715, he is... He was in Cape Cod. In 1716, he left for the coast of Florida. Okay. Yes. So, 1716, yes. he's on his way to the Keys. Yes. So, he's... On his way to the coast of Florida because the year prior, 1715, mm-hmm. a Spanish... Um, ship sank and it sank with like gold and jewels on it. 
Ooh. And so they were basically going to, like, treasure hunt. Mm-hmm. So this rich guy was funding it. This rich Richard guy yeah. <laughs> was funding it. Okay. And so he went and sailed t- to the coast of Florida. I, I, like, the whole time you're telling this, I'm just imagining, like... Some kind of, like, fool's gold shit. I know. <laughs> I love that movie. I know. I freaking love that movie, too. Honestly, like, I wanted to find something like that, but that is just, like, too good to exist. I, you could have you searched for, like, treasure hunting. I did, April. I swear. I Googled so many things. Okay. I was also stolen while I was doing it, so who knows? That was your first mistake. Uh, yeah. I'm aware. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, so he decides, he's like, mm, I'm out, going to the coast of Florida. After he leaves, like shortly after he sets sail from Cape Cod, um, <clears throat> we find out that Goody is pregnant with his child. Oh. <gasps> oh my god, okay, so this whole time, every time you say Cape Cod, I've had this like song in the back of my head, and I'm like, what is it? It's a Vampire Weekend song, I think. Oh. On Cape Cod tonight. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry. It's just, that's what's in my head. <laughs> okay. I'll have to show me that song later because I don't know what. Uh, you won't like it. Well. It's not your cup of tea. <laughs> anyway. Sorry. Okay. No, you're good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so she finds out that she is pregnant with his baby. Oh, no. And then she gets freaking, like, ostracized. From the town, from the community. What? Because she's pregnant and unwed. Yeah. Um, it takes two to tango. Yeah. Well, he's gone. He's on a ship headed to Florida. <sighs> he, he doesn't even know she's pregnant. Oh, yeah. Like, he won't know until he gets to Florida. Yeah. So. <laughs> Just like, he'll turn right around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even then... By the time he knows, like, you have to think, like, a letter has to be mailed to him. So, like, she's going to have had the baby yeah. by the time he even finds out she was pregnant. Yeah. Crazy. But so, like, what sucks is that, like, he really never finds out that he, there was this child because she doesn't, like, no, literally, she was ostracized by everybody. No one would help her. So she was living in this barn, and she would have to leave the child in the barn so she could go scavenge for food. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's awful. What gets even worse is that one time while she was gone, the child choked on a piece of straw and mm. died. Oh no. Yeah, it was so awful. And I was like, this is so sad. And then Goody was imprisoned for the child's death. Yeah, yeah. See, and th- see, even in 1617, they were taking a shit on the poor. Yep. And on single mothers. Yep. They sure fucking were. So yeah, she was imprisoned at the old jail of Barnstable, Massachusetts, which is the oldest wooden jail house in the U.S. And it's said that she haunts this place. Oh. Yeah. Apparently it's I mean, I would be fucking mad too. Yeah. Yeah. But so like her actual sentence wasn't super long, mm. but after she was released, she was exiled. Like she was like, "You gotta go, bitch. You can't yeah. be here." Um, and then I don't know what happened to her after that. Like 
she just kind of disappeared. <laughs> so, like, at this point, I think we can agree, like, Samuel's life has been slightly rough. Mom died, raised by his dad, military he didn't like, this shit with the child that he barely even knew about. Well, then this treasure-solving thing just doesn't pan out. They find jack shit, like, mm. nothing. been bucking me all night. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, like, basically, Samuel's like, all right, well, what's, like, the next next thing? Like, I just want to sail. I just want to have a good time. What's the next next thing? Being a pirate. Freaking obvious. <laughs> because I would want to be a pirate, too. Yeah. So but had- all the stuff that I read about pirates said that they were just, like, Brutish, murdering. Not my guy. Mm, okay. Not my sexy Samuel. Mm, okay. So his life as a pirate was, uh, he was very successful. Even mm. though he was really only a pilot. Uh, I think I said pilot. <laughs> <laughs> I meant pirate. Yeah. But he was really only a pirate for like a short amount of time. Hmm. Okay. Um, so... The first ship that he's on was called the Marianne. And the captain of the Marianne was Benjamin Hornigold. Terrible last name. Yeah. And his first mate was Edward Teach, which is actually the famous Blackbeard. He becomes the famous Blackbeard. Yeah, because I was reading about Blackbeard. Yeah, so he was the first mate. Yeah, he was the first mate on this boat that he was on. Oh, dang. So, in the summer of 1716, the crew pretty much was like, yeah, Captain Hornigold, we don't like you. We are voting you out. The majority of us are saying, no, you have to go. And so they did. Captain Hornigold and Blackbeard and, like, their followers left the ship. Hmm. And then the crew voted... Samuel as the new captain. Dang. Yeah. So that's how became, he came, became the captain of the Marianne. Hmm. Yeah. Which Wild. I thought was cool. I thought it was cool that he was under Blackbeard. Yeah. As soon as you said teach, I'm like, why do I remember their name? It's because I read about Blackbeard. it. Well, one of the reasons they didn't like Horn and Gold was because... He refused to attack England ships, which is where, like, which is England was his home country. Mm. So, like, like, dude, we're pirates. We don't belong to any country. Yeah. And. I can like, see how you know, that would create an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they, he, it was just a loyalty thing. <clears throat> yeah. All right. So, now Samuel is the captain. And so, certainly you have to be captain. Talk slower. Shortly after he became captain, he captures the ship, the Sultana. And he likes the Sultana, and so he takes that ship and he makes it his, like, um, like his ship. Mm -hmm. And then he assigns another person, like one of his crew, to the Marianne. And now it's a a fleet. fleet. Yeah. 
So he's on the Sultana. And Did he rename that, it? No, he, he kept it the Sultana. Um, and so, but the only, like, when he was deciding whether or not to make the Sultana his ship, it was a crew decision. Like, the crew had to approve of the ship to the other boat. Nice. Yeah, he was just a really cool captain. Yeah. Um, and, like, he was really good at it. Mm-hmm. He captured at least 53 ships in just a little over a year. Damn. Yeah. I mean, he was just like... Boom, 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 boom. I mean, he wouldn't keep all of them, but he would definitely pillage all of them. Um, but he also freed slaves. Okay. And a lot of those slaves came to and on his ship, and they were treated as crewmates just as equally as the other crewmates were treated. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, like, he was... Very, he was ahead of his time. Was, I'm telling you, this is why he's hot. Yes, exactly. I was thinking that the more that you talked about him, I was like, this is why she's making him hot. Like, this yes. is why we have to believe. Like, I'm picturing, like, Robin Hood of the sea. Like... That's literally what he considered himself. His men referred to themselves as as Robin Hood's men. Oh, my God! Yeah! <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. He was such a good dude. Yeah. So, okay. like, yeah, he was a pirate, but, like, he was screwing over the fucking rich people. Yeah. Okay, I'm here for it. Yes. Like, literally, he was disgusted disgusted by government and rich people like fucking hated them like i'm gonna read you this quote because i fucking wrote it down (laughs) and it's long okay okay so he said they vilify us the scoundrels do where there is only this difference they rob the poor under the cover of law and we plunder the rich under the protection of our courage damn like under cover of the law love with this man yeah for good reason yes damn look at him go he was like an advocate yes i mean he was literally just fighting social injustice yeah yeah i'm here for it i love him one thousand percent okay but his greatest capture was literally i wrote it out phonetically so that i would remember how to pronounce it every time i wrote it i wrote it out phonetically Okay. So I have to remember how to pronounce it. <laughs> All right. So he, his greatest capture was the Witta Galley. Okay. And that was in 1717. Okay. I read about this ship somewhere. No, I think when I was, was reading about Blackbeard. Well, I don't know. Blackbeard was not on it. But um, the Widow, the Witta Galley was built in 1715. And it, I mean, it was a state of the art ship. Like, it was top of the line. Um, it was 300 tons, 102 feet long, with 18 cannons, and it was really fast. Damn. It took Samuel three whole days of chasing it just to be able to get close enough to fire cannons. Dang. And. <laughs> How did he catch up? I don't know. Like, I'm just assuming it was just, like, he was, his ship was just a tiny bit faster. Hmm. Because, I mean, for the the size of the Witta, I mean, it wasn't super long. I mean, like, obviously there are longer ships, but it was still a decent size. Yeah. I mean, you said, what, 16 cannons? Yeah. 
Dang, 18. You know, 18. Now, 18. You know those are heavy? And then later, um, after he captured it, he, he put on um, 10 more. So there was 28. Damn. Yeah. You're in business. Yeah. All right, yeah. So he chased it for three days. Uh, he finally got close enough to be able to fire a cannon. Uh, he literally fired one. And the captain was like, all right, <laughs> you win. I'm out. I thought that was so lame. It's like one what? cannon and you're just going to be like, it's been three days. Can we stop? Yeah. He. Wow. Thought it was so lame. Anyways. But like, so he was so nice, even though he was a pirate. So he took over the, the Witta, but he gave the captain of the Witta, the Sultana. He gave him his ship. What? And then. Just. Just because, I mean, like, he's like, I'm not going to leave you out. Like, I'm not going to just toss you in the ocean to die. Yeah. He gave him his ship. Damn. And then he also let, like, anyone, like, he didn't make anyone stay on the ship that didn't want to. Mm-hmm. And he also told any slave, like, you can come. You can join our ship as a as a crew member, yeah, and be treated as an equal, and a lot a lot did. Yeah, I mean, I would too. Yeah, to go from being treated like property to being treated like a person who matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So they stayed on his belt as free people, and like I said, he treated everybody in his crew equally. Didn't matter who they were, and then and everyone had to say in decisions. Like everything was a vote. And it was, I mean, it was, like, majority rules. I'm assuming, like, 75%. Yeah. Um, But, like, regardless, it was majority of us want. That's what we're doing. Okay. What a guy. Yeah. But, unfortunately, again, we are talking about shipwrecks here. Yep. Two months after capturing the Witta Galley. He was attempting to return to Cape Cod, and he was the 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 widow was swept up into a really violent winter storm, mm-hmm. and because it was so heavy, because it was filled with like all of their possessions, mm-hmm. it just capsized almost immediately and sank within minutes. Holy shit! Yeah, it was insane. Oh my gosh! It took. Every it took um, almost everybody down. Only two people survived. I don't even know how. I'm guessing it was because they were close to Cape Cod. Yeah. Um. So two people survived, <clears throat> but Captain Sam Bellamy was not one of them. Okay. I know. It made me sad. But he lived a good life. Yes, he did. So the shipwreck was discovered in 1984, and it was the first ever authenticated pirate shipwreck that was ever discovered. Cool. Yep. In the U.S. Yeah. But, I mean, I feel like the U.S. isn't that old. It's not very often we get pirates. (laughs) Yeah. It's very cool. And especially, like, a Robin Hood pirate. And that's why I was like, listen, I'm basically going to tell you his whole life, but it's so interesting. Yes. I very much enjoyed learning about Mr. Bellamy. 
No. Manny was hot. Convinced. Yes, he has to be. <laughs> you can't be that nice and not be cute. I know. Oh right. my goodness. Those okay. were good stories. I don't see, and that's why I don't know why we're always so worried about our stories because we always end up having a good time. I know, I know. And I'm I'm always just worried that we're gonna pick the same thing. Yeah. <clears throat> <sighs> All right. But anyway. I had a good time. Enjoyed myself. Learned some new things. Yeah. Me too. I'm feeling real good. <laughs> I know. Like, I feel so. Well, I had that. <laughs> I had that brownie, and then I smoked almost that whole bowl. I know, and I. I mean, I smoked that whole thing, and I forgot how good it is. It is so nice. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right, guys. That's it for tonight's high history. Hope you enjoyed these stories as much as we did. Tune in next week to learn about First Ladies. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to eat something green.